Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for not only today, but for three more days, because we have a three-day weekend here in the United States. I don't know about the rest of the world, uh, but we are on our Memorial Day weekend, which means Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, and Monday uh, is a, a long weekend for all of us. I will not be on air on Monday, but I will come on on Wednesday, even though it's June and in June, I wasn't going to do the three days per week, but uh, at least on Wednesday, if I come on, I can get you oriented to June and what to expect and what have you. So I hope everybody is doing well this morning. It has been a crazy, wacky morning for me this morning. Like, I don't know where the time goes. Like, it just slips away. And uh, next thing you know, you're like, oh, I've got to get ready. That was me this morning. <laughs> I guess that's the life of a Gemini when you are multitasking and you have like 15 different conversations going on. Uh, I have four kids, so I always have the opportunity for four conversations to be happening in the morning. Uh, and with my husband also chattering at me over here and me trying to get everything ready. So mornings can be pretty chaotic. And here I am sitting here this morning with the knowledge or the recognition that I'm about to attend my granddaughter's high school graduation ceremony. Actually, her graduation is on June 11th, but tomorrow we are all getting together for a graduation celebration. And I just can't even imagine where those 18 years have gone. Right. I just don't know. I don't feel like I should be old enough to have an 18 year old granddaughter, but I also have a 16 year old grandson and two 15 year olds in the in the mix. So, I mean, for the next few years, it's graduation central around my family, but with grandkids, not my kids, my kids, kids. It's amazing. Life is amazing. Sometimes when you see how things are just rolling on and it's really amazing sometimes for me to sit back and see that my husband and I were the matriarch, the patriarch of this whole huge family. And of course, it's getting bigger by the minute as our grandchildren bring in uh, potential spouses or, you know, significant others and, and amazing, amazingness. Uh, so I'm waxing a little philosophical this morning, apparently. Um, today, I have sp some specific things that I want to talk about. For example, we are on a long weekend and there are three uh, major things happening over the weekend as far as transits go that we'll want to talk about. The moon is in the sign of Capricorn right now. And I realized we really haven't talked about Capricorn much since last year. <laughs> so we'll talk about what happens with Capricorn energy. And then the moon tomorrow night and through Sunday, Monday will be in the sign of Aquarius. Now, because Saturn rules both of those signs, then we have a Saturn or a Saturnian type of weekend. And I know as I say that, that sounds like heavy, that sounds serious. It sounds like, you know, Saturn heaviness. Um, but in reality, it does not have to be that way. It is, um, there are some really powerful high end uh, experiences that we can have in the sign of Capricorn. And then of course, as we shift into Aquarius, uh, Saturn takes on a different kind of energy and applies his wisdom in a different way. So we'll talk about that. And then um, that's about it. Unless you have something that you want to talk about, unless somebody out there wants me to look at their chart um, or draw some cards, even uh, I, I'm open, but let's just see how much time we have. 
as uh, the the morning wears on here. Good morning, Ingrid. Happy Friday to you as well. Pauline, hello. Debbie tibbetts Tumiel, good to see you. Pauline says, today, is there a show you are on to do with star seeds? No. But there is a show that I am going to be on this afternoon at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. East Coast time with Angie Witzel, who has done Starseeds work in the past. But this is a new podcast broadcast that they are doing live on Facebook today. Um, Asa will be putting the links out there for you. And uh, this will be, uh, it's called Three Phases of the Moon. And it represents three women who are in different phases of their lives. And they get together and they talk about emotions and they talk about whatever it is that is coming up. And they've invited me to be their guest for their first live broadcast. So I'm really thrilled about that. And primarily what we'll be talking about today isn't so much the transiting energies like we've been talking about today, but more about how uh, I came to be an astrologer, how other people can come in and start to learn astrology and human design and the gene keys, how I work with all three of them, etc. So it's really kind of breaking things back to uh, the beginnings and uh, talking about the uh, importance of knowing oneself and how divination tools like astrology, human design, and gene keys can get us there, right? Can get us to that. Uh, so thank you, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. She says, hit that like button uh, for whatever reason that's important in YouTube land. So if you're liking the video, please hit the thumbs up button. And if you are new here and haven't yet done so, please subscribe. We're aiming for a thousand subscribers. I have all the watch minutes I need for their little uh, algorithm. And I just need the likes. And let's see, today we're at, or the, uh, excuse me, the subscribers, we're at 721. So I'm hoping maybe we can, um, you know, get some more tonight when I'm on a show that I've not been on ever. This is brand new. Uh, Erica Dorsey, good morning. I have my matcha and I'm ready. Ah, I haven't had that in a long time. JLo, grand rising, everybody. Pauline Solia, please, one more Wednesday. One more Wednesday, 6-8, the solar eclipse, 610. Um, okay, I, I'm thinking what you're asking me to do is talk more about that, but I will do that next week, for sure, because we'll be in the month of June. Good morning, Gwendolyn Griffin. It's great to see you. And thank you so much. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. Oh, wow. Congratulations to her. I'm going to tell you a story. This was so fascinating. So uh, you all know that I have uh, four children and uh, Heather was is my eldest daughter. And she had already moved out from home at the time I was really launching my business. My original business was called Mystic Moon. And in that business, it was a metaphysical bookstore. And we were creating events for light workers. And I mean, we had this whole setup. It was really wonderful, a wonderful experience. And I was still in the process of learning things like meditation. And it was like wide-eyed wonder for me. Like you can imagine when you first started learning about spirituality, all the things that were coming to you. And uh, I was having the, these experiences and it was really powerful. Well, one night I had gotten into a tiff with a woman at a meditation group funny enough, right? We're supposed to be all in this, you know, space of peace and love. And I had gotten very agitated with her and she with me. When I got home, it was late. I went to bed and in uh, my dreams, which were so lucid at that point, and I still have lucid dreams at times in this dream, my daughter knocks at my front door 
which why would she do that? Right. She had moved out, but sure. She could just come and go. She knocks at my front door and she has this piece of paper in her hand and she's holding it like this, like it's something, you know, sacred. And she hands it to me, right? She, she very gently hands me this piece of paper. I look down on this piece of paper and I note two things. One, it's bluish. And two, it has a symbol on it that I'd never seen before. The symbol was a circle and it was divided into eight wedges. And it had from each of those uh, spaces where the wedges were, it, it came out with a little like a, a tuning fork from each of those little wedges. And I looked up at her and I said, what does this mean? And that just then the dream ends. So I wake up the next morning and I'm like, whoa, that was weird. I don't know what that means. What is that symbol? I'm drawing this symbol. And because I'm connected to the metaphysical groups out there in the world, I'm showing them to everybody. And I'm, I'm like, I'm showing the symbol and I'm saying, what is that all about? They don't know. They think it's maybe a Dharma wheel. They think maybe it's uh, an astrology chart boom, boom, right? And then later that day, the next day, my daughter comes to me and she says, mom, I have something to tell you. And I went, what? And she goes, and she starts to cry. And she says, I'm pregnant. And I think she thought I was going to be upset because she wasn't married or she's so young or whatever reasons kids think their parents are going to be upset about a pregnancy. And I was ecstatic. I, I mean, sure, I knew it wasn't like the traditional way you go about, you know, your world, but she was telling me that I was going to be gifted a grandchild. And then it turns out, and then I thought, well, because the blue paper, maybe the message was she was going to be a boy, but she was a she and me and that little girl bonded so tightly. It was so amazing. She is such an amazing young woman. And so her graduation uh, is something special to me, but also to the family, but all of my grandchildren after that were special as well. But it was the time in my life that this big shift was happening. And sometimes it is our dreams. It is our, the symbols of things that you might see in your day-to-day -day world that tell you that something is happening, that something big is about to launch into your life. Eventually I come to recognize the symbol because I know you guys are just dying to know now, what was that symbol? Well, it was the Hunabku, which is a Mayan symbol of the cosmic butterfly. And it in its, uh, I probably have a picture of it somewhere here. I'll see if I can find it really quickly for you guys. Um, it's usually in hmm, pictures, camera roll. It's always in the weirdest of places for me, but it's a, a it's a, a picture. It's pretty much of a circle. And in the circle, you see sort of the yin yang. It's kind of half black and it's half white. Of course, that part didn't show up in the dream, but it has these very um, interesting little uh, symbols that come out from the top of it. And out of the top of it is uh, like these little tuning forks. And I can't find the symbol. I'll find it later and I'll post it on my, my page. But the symbol itself was of the Mayans, right? It was cosmic butterfly. It was balance. It was harmony. It was um, a symbol that I would come to know and love, but not necessarily right then. 2003 is when my granddaughter was born. It wasn't until about 2005 when I uh, was introduced to the Mayan calendar. And I began a process of teaching about that to everybody that would listen to me. <laughs> if, if you were in my sphere of influence, you were going to hear about the Mayan calendar and how it wasn't the dreaded thing that everybody thought when it ends the light, that life was going to end. 
Uh, so I went on that process of sharing that with everybody. And I still love to share that with everybody. So thank you for letting me share that story. It was just one of those times in my life where I knew something big was happening. Something big was happening. Uh, JLo says, uh, oh, Corey says, God morning. I love it. Uh, Debbie Tibbetts to me, I'll take a card for the weekend if time. Thank you very much. I, I may just do that. Uh, JLo says, I pulled the card about the three feminine not so long ago from a deck. Ooh, maybe you're meant to listen in. I, I see that Asa has passed, uh, pasted up the uh, information for the broadcast tonight. And the link is to sign up officially for the event and get Facebook reminders. Please click here. So that link is going to take you to the sign up page. Lovely. Um, thank you so much, Asa. She saved my butt there. Kathleen, good morning to you. Ingrid says, what a beautiful story. And her graduation is today. Well, her party is actually starting tomorrow, but the graduation is actually on June 11th. So because of COVID, they've had to separate the graduation ceremony into four chunks. So each of the kids that were graduating had to sign up for a certain um, uh, section to be graduated so that they could sort of be with their friends, you know, the people they hung out with during their school years and the parents and grandparents could, you know, see these groups of kids graduate together. So uh, we get to go on June 11th and we were able, she was able to get five tickets. And so her mom, dad, and brother, and she wanted grandma and grandpa, me and Terry to go. And so I felt pretty blessed about that. And uh, luckily the weather here tomorrow is going to be awesome. So we have her party on a day when it's finally not going to be raining. Uh, <laughs> and Christine Buckingham, congratulations to her, you and your family. Thank you very much. That's sweet. Kathleen, beautiful story. Thank you. Carol Grojean, good morning. She says, I'll take a card too. So uh, Asa, if you could take a note, Debbie Tippett's two meal and Carol, in case we get to that point. So let's move it along, shall we? So I have time to play like that. Uh, so I'm getting back to Zoom here. And today the moon is in Capricorn. I was thinking about that with a party coming up for the weekend and going Capricorn, really? Who, who timed this? But, you know, Capricorn is, while it's a serious sign and while it represents business and sort of the, the ways that we uh, work in the business world, it is also a sign that is very kind and generous. I, my mother, my, my real mother was a Capricorn. She was born on Christmas Eve. And she was probably one of the most gentle women I'd ever met. And my sister's telling me from when they grew up with her, she was a gentle, kind, stern, making you be responsible kind of person. And that's been my experience with Capricorn people. So it, there is this possible high side to this energy of kindness and to be able to be together with people uh, of like mind and to share and, and that type of energy. But often when we think of Capricorn and its ruler Saturn, we're thinking of time. Remember Saturn is also Kronos and Kronos meaning time or the master of time. In that way, he is also the master teacher. So we have master teaching and we have master time uh, coming up here for us for the weekend. And time, maybe it's time to make sensible decisions, right? Maybe it's time to do things in uh, a very mature way. Not that maturity is, you know, having to be uh, old and stodgy. It's that taking responsibility for something. And it does, of course, also rule retirement and our elder age and the preparations that we make for that. Um, but 
in a, a very big way, the energy for the weekend is really about the future. How apropos, a graduation party where they're getting ready to launch out into the future. And that's because Saturn rules Aquarius as well. So when the moon moves out of Capricorn late Saturday night and into Sunday and Monday, we have an association to time as well, right? Time, but more future oriented. And so time and all of that is up in the atmosphere for us through from today all the way through the weekend, including on Monday. Uh, Saturn and Capricorn rule responsibility, right? Being self-disciplined, taking care of yourself. Remember yesterday's Pleiadian Earth calendar or the 13-day week began at self-regulating. Doesn't that sound sort of Capricornian? Self-regulating, self-discipline, keeping your commitments, keeping your word, um, being aware of your public image and aligning yourself with your truth so that you're projecting your real authentic self out there into the world. Capricorn is a sign of goals and ambitions and the hard work sometimes it takes to get there where you want to go and defining our goals. I'm real good at having a goal. Yes, somewhere out there, but without the definition, the steps to get me there. So Capricorn gives us the ability to tap in and use Saturn's uh, ability to bring form and structure to something so that we can have a pathway uh, to, to reach our goals, to reach for the stars, right? Um, success. Remember Capricorn, Saturn, Saturn does bestow success. When you've done the work, when you've been working on yourself and, and strengthening the weaknesses and making sure there's a strong foundation, putting down roots, um, then Capricorn and Saturn bestow awards or reward or recognition. So success comes accomplishments come, achieving goals comes also from the, uh, the work that we put in with Capricorn energy. Capricorn is a sign that rules management. This is where it gets into the more businessy side of things about respect and discipline as it relates to work, uh, delegating responsibility, not taking it all on yourself, but knowing when it's your responsibility versus something that you can delegate to others being in charge, right? Being in charge of yourself. Even if you're not the boss of a corporation or a company or a business, you are in charge of your own self and you are responsible for how you show up in the world. And because Capricorn and Saturn also have sort of this authoritarian piece to it, we have to watch out for being authoritative in a negative sort of way, but also claiming our own authority, right? Being your own authority, being your own wise counsel. And uh, then it also rules authority figures in our lives. So the law uh, or the, the, the agents of the law, so policemen, uh, judges, that kind of thing, but your father, um, anybody in the family who you um, sort of defer to as the authority figure, but then also Again, claiming your own authority, right? At this point in our lives, we should be our own authorities. <laughs> we should be really clear about who we are, what we're doing, where we're going, how we're doing it, when we are doing it, or at least be open enough to follow the, uh, the uh, urgings of the universe pushing us in different directions. And in Capricorn, we have the more traditional side of things. This is where 
the family and the traditions of the family or of our culture come into play. So Saturn in and Capricorn hold us more to the traditions, the things that have the glue that's really uh, put us, held us together as a society or as a family. And different when it gets into um, Aquarius, Saturn's still the ruler of Aquarius, but in Aquarius, it's not traditional, it's non-traditional. So how do we support with a ruler that's ruling both traditional and non-traditional? How do we find that middle ground? That is kind of the uh, challenge I suppose we have with Saturn being rule, the ruler of both of these signs. So uh, in the low frequency of Capricorn, we have the energy of sternness, authoritativeness, um, finding no joy in life, right? The opposite of, of uh, sternness or lack of joy would be joyfulness and bliss and vitality. And there's a possibility for pessimism or becoming inflexible or a fear of the new, right? From sitting in our position in Capricorn, we can be afraid of the future. We can be afraid it's all going to fall apart. We can be afraid that there isn't a future. So sometimes in the more negative aspects of, of uh, Capricorn, there can be a, a jadedness that happens, right? A fear that there's no purpose it sort of sounds like the gate 28 in our human design, doesn't it? And the body in uh, Capricorn rules the gallbladder, the knees, the skin, uh, teeth, right? Everything that formed the bones and the connective tissues that hold the bones, ligaments together. Um, all of those connective type things or uh, form and structures in our body that hold us together are uh, ruled by Capricorn and Saturn. Now, if we switch over to Aquarius, which is what happens tomorrow night, the moon moves into Aquarius and now the focus is more future oriented. Right now it's fringy. Now we're looking at the unique we're looking at the quirkiness. We are looking at the sudden shifts that take us from the more traditional into the more fringy or to the more exciting things looking at the future. And of course, this is a sign that rules our friends and our networks, the people that we know, um, our associations with groups or with group mind, and also coming together for a cause. Right. Um, Aquarius is a humanitarian sign and it is altruistic at times. Its concern is about humanity and how is it being, how are we all um, able to equally access everything that we need in order to thrive? So uh, uh, Aquarius energy is really about the group or the, the sum total of humans. Um, but there's a bit of a detachedness or an aloofness around Aquarius energy. It's not me personally jumping in to see to it that you're taken care of. If from a more detached view, it is me helping you to get to the tools that you need in order to be self-sufficient or to be self-empowered. Uh, so it is seeing connections, certainly, of how we're all weaved together and how different systems are all coming together. But there's a sense of maturity that has to be expressed in the outer world. And I, I wish I could articulate how I see what's going on in the world right now as a part of this. Um, sometimes I see things so very clearly, but then to try to put words to it, especially in the shadow of a Mercury retrograde, is you know difficult. But let's see if I can say something about this. When I look at Pluto in Capricorn, 
I see what's falling apart are all of the systems that have been put in place that um, allow people to not be empowered. So for example, uh, the welfare system, right? I'm, I'm just going to take that one and I'm not against this. So please don't, don't start beating me up over that. But what I'm saying is the system, it, let's use the medical system, that may be better, is, is designed for, with a doctor that wants to throw out uh, band-aids to you to fix your problem in the moment, never really addressing the core issue, like what's, what caused the problem. So the same thing with a welfare system, right? We, we throw out money, we throw out, uh, you know, food stamps or aid in some way, but we never address the problem. I, I know that there are attempts to, but we never really address the problem underneath it all. How did these people get to this point? Is there some inequality in the world or in the country or in the community that uh, holds a certain set of people down? And how do we then address the empowerment of them, right? So on one hand, we have these very complex systems that are designed with a good heart, with a good reason, but really never addressed how is it that we empower the person, the group, or, or the, the people out there, uh, humanity, to, to rise up, right? Now, with Aquarius energy, we have a different focus right? The focus is, okay, we have to be a little bit more detached. We have to be able to say, here is the support. Here is the safety net, let's call it. But that's just for this moment, right? For this moment, we're going to help you get to where you can be okay. And then we have these other things here to help you really claim your authority, to really claim yourself, to really, you know, be able to pull up your bootstraps and, and get on with your life and to be able to stay in your own power, right? So in, in the wider world, that's what is happening as Pluto has been transforming the whole Capricorn traditional. And if you're not willing to do it, we're going to break it down. And then when Pluto gets into Aquarius in just a few years, people really just a few years in, from now, Pluto will be in Aquarius. It is going to have to be us taking responsibility for our own authority with the possibility that there are safety nets out there, but the safety nets are not going to be permanent. They're not going to have this. Uh, I, I think people get caught up sometimes in these safety nets that really don't empower them to move out of them. So that's going to be this unique, innovative, uh, genius breakthrough type of thing for the future. And it isn't just about a welfare system. It's about the colleges and universities. It's about our healthcare. It's about everything, our governments. So we have a lot of big changes happening, but we are also individually having to learn how to take responsibility for our own welfare for claiming our own power and our own authority. So while the bigger things are happening and not always in the way that we expect, because that's the nature of Aquarian energy, um, we still have the responsibility to empower ourselves, to become stable, to become uh, okay with whatever is going on, because our power doesn't come from outside of us, it comes from within us right? It's coming from within us. You are never lacking for anything. You have a deep well within you. It's easily accessible. You just have to stop looking outside of yourself for support, 
for um, wisdom, for guidance, because you hold it all in here, right? In your own intuition, in your heart, in your solar plexus, even in your mind. And all of that happens when we align those three key pieces. And we could help with this weekend with aligning heart and mind. Um, let me finish one last thing with the moon in Aquarius, and that is innovation, right? Innovation as in high tech, right? Technology that is designed to make life easier or to make things go faster. Um, genius breakthroughs where, where we've had, we've encountered this problem for a very long time. And then, wow, one day someone wakes up, an Einstein type person wakes up and goes, I know how to solve that problem. And we have a genius breakthrough then that takes us into the future. So we have that and we have friends and networks. We have a detachment that we must take on where we can see the connections of things, but that we aren't attached to the way we think that they should work uh, or that the way that they should be. Okay, questions about any of that? I'm gonna head over here to YouTube and let's see what's going on over there. Uh, no questions, okay. Uh, Kathleen Mallory says, my mother's birthday, January 2nd, a very gentle person, yeah. Um, and I have, one of my grandsons is a, 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 a Capricorn and he is like this, he's tall now too. He's like six foot two already. He's this gentle creature. He really is, but he plays football like anything's anybody's business. But on a personal level, he is just so gentle and kind and loving. Comes up, throws his arms around you in a very loving embrace. He's just a very sweet person. So there's that sweetness, right? That that kindness. But when it comes to business, when it comes to the work that needs to be done, he's all on. Right? He's all on task. So but that's kind of interesting. Uh, Christine, I worked in a small municipal welfare office years ago. The majority of our clients were deinstitutionalized schizophrenics. Ooh, they needed the help truly. Indeed. And so that's what I'm saying is that we have to, and what they really need is the mental health support. And of course, that's one of the last or one of the first things that money gets cut from. And one of the last things that we want to spend money on is mental health. So we've got to find a medium ground, a middle ground, right? Where the people that really do need help get help and where the people that need help in the moment get help in the moment, but also get that hand up so that they can help themselves. So that is what I'm saying as far as um, getting through these institutions. Uh, Christine, her dad was a Capricorn. Yes, Capricorn, Capricorn, Capricorn. Oh, as you can see, I have a visitor cat in my background dude. <laughs> His name is dude. Uh, okay. So let's transition over to the major uh, aspects that are happening uh, for the weekend. And one of them today is Mercury in a conjunction to Venus. So Mercury and Venus are both at 23 degrees of, or almost 24 degrees of uh, Gemini. And of course, Mercury is literally, he's at, at, when I pulled the chart this morning at six, whatever it was, um, it was at 2439 and it's at 25 degrees when he stations uh, retrograde. So he's bullet bird, almost like hanging in this one spot, moving very slowly, Venus catching up, 
to Mercury. And when we have these two inner planets coming together, one that represents our mind and our um, communication, and the other one represents our heart and our relationships, love energy, we have them coming together in a conjunction. We are more apt to speak from love, right? We want to be able to say what we mean in terms of or what people mean to us, right? We want to speak from affection. We want to hear um, those affectionate love words from the people that love us. We want to know that we're loved. Um, we want to be aligned now, heart and mind, right? So Mercury ruling the mind, Venus ruling the heart. When we are aligned with heart and mind, then we come from a completely different place. We come from love rather than fear. We've been talking about that. This is a theme all week long. That's been Oh, hello, dude. Will you get off my desk? Oh my God. Come on, go. You are going to knock everything over. Go away. I apologize. So cat central. My cat's peacefully asleep up on her cat tree. So she's not in trouble. Um, anyway, the, the, the fact is though, that Mercury is slowing down. Mercury is, you know, at the slowest he's going to be before he turns retrograde. And so there may be some issues with us trying to be able to say what we mean or to be able to speak those words. Maybe we get tongue tied the moment we try to tell someone how much they mean to us. So don't be afraid of that. Sometimes that kind of emotion um, can cause our minds to blink out for a minute. And with Mercury in, in approaching retrograde, going into retrograde tomorrow, uh, there is always going to be the possibility of some kind of, of issue around speaking what you mean or speaking words of love, but also maybe even from the other end, being able to tell someone else what it is that you need or what would make you uh, feel good or just all these kinds of issues. But keeping in mind, when you go to speak this weekend to anybody, maybe pause before you let the words come out so that you can untie your tongue for a moment and then speak the words that you long to say and be able to say to the person that um, you love them, right? But in a very profound way. And sometimes the simplest is the best. I love you right? I love you. That's the easiest three words, but they hold a lot of fear for us sometimes because we don't know what the other person might think about that. We're afraid that they may think we're odd or that, uh, uh, who knows, right? Whatever, but be able to speak your heart from your soul, even this particular weekend with Mercury conjunct Venus. Now, Mercury goes into the retrograde and I wanted to bring something up about that. Hold on. I need to find my file on this. So organized some days and other days it's elusive. So we are in a Mercury cycle right now called the retrograde, or we're getting, let's say it's tomorrow. We're now in the retrograde as of Saturday. And in this particular um, sense, we are in the ending of, of, of a cycle with Mercury. This is the, we're getting ready for the inferior conjunction, which will occur about a week or two into the future here. And when we get to that point, it's a new beginning in Mercury cycle. So right now we're kind of ending a Mercury cycle. And it's kind of funny to think about beginning a new cycle, though the planet is in retrograde, right? But that is what happens here. And at this particular point in time, we're getting ready to be seated with new ideas. This is Gemini energy. So it's about ideas and possibilities. 
But in order to be in receiving of new ideas, you have to slow your mind down, right? So at this time, as we're closing out the cycle, think about this as the time just before the new moon, right? Between the, the last square of the moon, right? So the crisis of, uh, of consciousness and the shifts that we have to make up here, right? In our minds or in our belief systems, the patterns in our life and the next cycle beginning. So we're in the dark of the moon or the dark of the Mercury cycle. That is where it's time for us to integrate. Maybe even if we look at some of the things that have been deviling us for the last couple of weeks, well, since May 14th, when Mercury moved into the shadow and what kinds of things have been changing for us during this period of time, where were the hiccups? And even now that he's retrograde or going to be retrograde, it's going to give us the moment, the time to consider, to, to really look back at what's been going on, what did look like it was about to blow up, uh, what problems or issues were coming up to the surface, so that when we get to the inferior conjunction just about a week from now, that or a week and a half from now, we are able to plant the new seeds. So it's a time right now then for us to go inward. It's a time right now for us to really sit with and be okay with everything that is happening, right? Not trying to change things right now, not trying to make things happen right now, but really taking it all in and seeing what shifts you might need to make on your internal landscape in order to be ready when the inferior conjunction happens. And by the way, when we get to the inferior conjunction, which we're talking about now, because we're in the dark right now, but that's coming. And uh, it's a time when Mercury is the closest to the earth and it's more visible in the night sky. It's highest. Uh, it's, it's furthest from the sun, you could say closest to the earth. So we can see it easier as the sun sets, Mercury is a little bit higher up on the horizon. So it's one of the times where he is visible for us to be able to see. And often there might have been a seed that was planted mid retrograde. So we can even go back to the cycle previous to this one, where the potential for us to connect with a seed that might've been planted then. And now we're getting the timing bump, right? We'll be seeing that it's the timing is becoming right for us to, um, to take care of the, the next thing that happens. So we're preparing the space for what comes next, but preparing the space for what comes next requires our quietness, our solitude, maybe even, or are just stepping back and not trying to make things happen. So there we have where we are in this Mercury cycle. So Mercury retrograde really isn't something to be dreaded. It isn't something, if something is happening, something breaks down or something isn't working correctly, um, it is a call for you to stop or to slow down long enough to hear a new direction. Maybe there's something, remember Gemini, let's gotta hear, we gotta listen. And, or take some time before we take that next step. It isn't punitive. This isn't a punitive path of, of Mercury. If anything else, I think it is empowering to be able to slow down a bit and um, then to take our steps when it's appropriate, right? When we have the go signs from the universe. We also have uh, a weekend aspect with Mars trining Neptune. That'll happen on Sunday. And Mars is a planet that we usually think of as, you know, the warrior God. He's 
on his warpath or he's asserting himself in some way. He's a catalyst, a catalyst, catalyzing action on something sort of starting, you know what? And um, in his connection, in a trine connection, which is a smooth flow of energy between planets uh, with Neptune, there is more of a spiritual connection that he takes on. It's almost like he's in his own, uh, he's considering his own spirituality, his own inner world before he steps out in a new direction. So Mars and Neptune, an unlikely pairing, actually work pretty well together here to really help us to be in that more uh, contemplative mode before we take action. So even Mars himself senses this isn't the right time to stab or jump or, you know, create or assert. This is a time for us to go within, to consider, to contemplate, to determine from our inner well what the next steps are, right? Not to look outside of us for those answers again, but coming back within, right? Coming within. And lastly, for this period of time, remember tomorrow is the beginning of our collective shadow period. So for the next 20 days, beginning tomorrow, so, so through June 17th, we will be in a collective pattern of shadows and fear popping up on the planet. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't experience it personally as well, but likely this is something that we're going to see in the collective, like a fear field out there in the collective, and it may trigger you in some way too. I don't know what that's going to look like specifically, because this is a non-specific thing. I can't look to a specific gate and say, oh yeah, it's all about the fear of the future. Uh, I can't look at a specific sign and say, oh yes, it's all about, you know, Capricorn, you're afraid of success or you're afraid of failure. Um, because I feel like that this shadow time is going to be personalized to whatever it is that you're still holding on to in your own world that's fearful. And then that colors the perspective that you have on what is going on in the outer world or out in the world of the collective. So the next 20 days, it's going to be so much, so powerful for us to slow down thank God Mercury's in retrograde now that I think about that, so that we can really go within, right? This is a big time of going within, um, slowing things down, not falling for the fear, right? Remember, we had a big conversation all this week. What if, if it's fear, it's not love and only real things out there are loving, right? Only love prevails, only love is real. And then that means anything of a fearful nature is not real, it's illusion. It's created by our minds, our egos, maybe even that is out of alignment with our hearts, what we know from our visceral inner beings, that's true. So be prepared, right? The best way to be prepared is to recognize it when it's happened, when it's happening, when you are suddenly afraid of something, or when you are feeling angry, frustrated. What did we say? Dissatisfaction. Um, we could go down my whole entire list. Here we go. We can go down the list of shadow energies from the gene keys. And we could say that when we're feeling anything, dislocation, chaos, intolerance, impatience, conflict, inertia, self-obsession, obscurity, vanity, discord, compromise. I don't want to read all 64 gene key shadows, but you get my drift, right? When you're feeling seriousness, oppression, sadness, stress, agitation, corruption, when you're feeling distracted, dis unease, dissatisfied, uh, in doubt or confusion, um, 
you've somehow triggered, you've been triggered by the fear field, by the shadow energies. And I don't want to devalue the feeling, right? It's not that the feeling is wrong. It's not that there's a problem because, oh, you are in shadow energy or you are in fear energy. It's more just a recognition. Hmm, this is a time that I can course correct, right? I'm feeling this energy. Let me see if I can tap, you know, drill down to what it is that's created it. And if I can, then I can change it. And even if I can't drill down to what it is, I remember that I'm the one that has the choice. I can choose how I'm going to show up, right? I can change where I am. I can change what I'm thinking about. I can change what I'm listening to. I can move. Um, I can remove myself from a situation that's triggered that fear. So I'm the one that has the power right? I'm the one that has the power. So it's not, oh, bad you, if you suddenly go into fear or you find a shadow energy within you, because it's there for you to find, it's there for you to let it come up so that it can be healed, right? So you can apply more love to it. And even if you're seeing that fear being triggered in you by another person, say, you know, your spouse or your children or your grandchildren or your co-workers, um, again, it's a call for more love to be applied to the situation, a call for more love, not to respond with more fear or to react with more fear or anger or upset. So, uh, and I don't know that this is something that's going to happen every day for 20 days. Uh, it's a possibility. And maybe what we should be is open to whatever it is that shows up because it's going to show us where we are still connected to the fear of the planet, the fear lines in the planet or the shadow energies on the planet. So that is it for me. As far as what I want to share, I think I just saw Asa pop up with perhaps a question here. Uh, oh, wait, it's not in Messenger. Oh, my God, Janet, where are you? What world are you in today? Uh, here we go. Asa. Reading request. Oh, thank you for keeping that for me. Uh, Debbie Tippett's to me all. Uh, Andy girl, Taylor. Did, wait, that's from yesterday. Isn't that from yesterday or from Wednesday? Question from JLo. What was the date in, uh, again, in June 17th? So uh, the shadow energy runs from May 29th to June 17th. All right. So that gives you the dates on the Gregorian calendar. But I urge you to look at what the dates are on the Pleiadian calendar. What energies are we going through during that period of time? right? What are the energies on the spiral of consciousness? So we're beginning uh, at four being, right? The four, the foundation of beingness, right? The being energy. Then we move through planting and moving and transcending and remembering and loving and feeling and devotion, illuminating, choosing, exploring, healing, seeing, intuiting, evolving, self-regulating again, catalyzing, enlightening, and that's where we end at 10 enlightening, right? So this process isn't a punitive process, but an enlightening one. It starts with the fundamental beingness of who we are, where we are in our own path of consciousness raising, and it ends at becoming enlightened, right? And manifesting our enlightenedness, not our shadowness. And look at the picture for June. Isn't that beautiful? The Sphinx with the um milky way right there mm. spiral ah love it okay so now 
now we're going to um, go into readings. And I'm going to go backwards through this list because both Carol and Gwendolyn, you have not had readings recently. Debbie will get to you as well. Um, any specific cards you'd like? I have angel, I have dragons, I have Mayan, I have galactic, I have animal, I have uh who what else do i have down here goddess goddess cards so maybe try to give me a hint as to what you might want as a card uh i'm going to bring the wisdom of the oracle here's a very good card if you don't know which one to do the wisdom of the oracle always a good handy one to get yesterday we did or wednesday felt like yesterday we did dragons because somehow dragons were up in the field uh but i also have the wisdom cards from the human design system that are, um, you know, each of the gates. And that is by Rosie Aronson. Remember, we did these a lot. We haven't done them in a while. The Wisdom Keepers Oracle Deck and Inner Guidebook. I love those cards too. So tell me, tell me, do what do you want? Gwendolyn, you're up first. So tell us what kind of card you want. And Amanda J, am I too late? No, you're not too late at all. Uh, would love a card for the three ladies as a collective where I am now. Good, good, good. Carol says, I'll take a goddess or Mayan. Uh, Jules de Lune. I would love a galactic or animal card. Okay, Gwendolyn, I'm waiting for yours. Ursula, hello to you. She says, I was struggling this week with a forced slowdown as my body, neck, and shoulders began to squeak and to tweak at me. Yeah, that's often the place that I notice too, Ursula, that my neck or my shoulders, like I, I have them up under my ears and I've got to remind myself to relax them. And thank you from Erica Dorsey. She says, for the suggestion of pausing before speaking, my Mercury and Venus are in Scorpio. Yes, and I can come across as aggressive when I'm just passionate. So it would be important for you then to say, I know I'm passionate about this subject, so don't get you know hurt. I, it's not about you, it's about my passion. Uh, cow, cow, Carol will take a goddess for mine. Okay, I've got that one. I just need to know what Gwendolyn wants. Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn, are you still out there even? Um, oh, Carol's decided she's changing her mind, the wisdom card. So I'm going to do jump to Carol and then Gwendolyn, if you're out there, please let your mom know or me what you want as far as a card is concerned. So the wisdom, uh, Oracle cards, these are beautiful cards that are all related to a gene key, which is also a human design gate and they're beautiful stories. And, you know, to be fair, we haven't really been through these stories in a while, which reminds me, we need to get back to doing this because I've missed these girls, these peoples. It's not really just girls, uh, it's people. And um, Gwendolyn wants goddess. All right, sweetie, I will get to yours. So let's get Carol's first. And let's see, Carol. This has not happened before. <laughs> but I got the mirror card for you. There's one card in that whole deck that is a mirror. I haven't peeled this off yet, but it's the mirror and it says, look in the mirror, right? It's a mirror, a mirror. So let's see, I don't even know if there's a, a thing for it. Let's see what it says. Um, the mirror card. So here you go, Carol. Be yourself, no base imitator of another, but your best self. There is something that you can do better than any other. Listen to the inward voice and bravely obey that. Your gift to you 
is how wonderful you picked this card. Now you can look at your own beautiful, unique face and receive a wonderful gift from yourself. There are questions for you below. Be open to the possibility that each time you pick this card or it chooses you, the answers that arise will be different. And why shouldn't they be? You are a forever evolving mystery, a wisdom keeper in progress. Enjoy your own company. And remember, you are a gift to yourself and to the world. Here are questions for contemplation. And Carol, what I think I'll do, because this is pretty profound and that it's never happened. We've never pulled this card. Um, I will email those to you. It might be later today, though, because I have a, a day, long, long day. So what would you say is your greatest gift at this moment in your life? What fear do you struggle with most? And how does it impact the way you think, feel, and act? How does your fear keep you from exploring, embracing, and expressing your gift? Think of a time in your life when you felt filled with spirit or emptied of your small self. Where were you? Who were you with? How can you reconnect with that experience now? Look in the mirror. Keep looking into your eyes. Notice the thoughts that waft through. Do you find your mind making judgments, getting distracted, asking questions? Do strong feelings come up? Allow for them if you can. Do you feel nothing? Allow for that too. Whatever you're noticing, whatever is happening, embrace it. Let it, let you be okay. Tell your own story in your journal. Feel free to add to it over time. Include the struggles, include significant relationships and turning points. Share the moments in your story when fear won, when love won. Where are you in the story now? Are you at the beginning, the middle, moving towards the end? Are you at a crossroads? Is this a turning point? What is winning in the story right now? Fear or love? Doubt or trust? Is there a simple thing you can do right now or just accept that might actually change the storyline completely? You are the gift. Read that. You are the gift. Okay. So, whoa. I think that's a powerful validation of everything that we have been talking about all this week. And Carol, you're the embodiment of that for all of us. Thank you for requesting a card from that deck. All right, Gwendolyn, my dear, I think I saw that you wanted to have a goddess card. So here are the goddesses. These are lovely as well. It's been a long time since my desk has been this cluttered from cards. Uh, okay. Thank you, Asa, for keeping track for me. I appreciate you. And for you, Miss Gwendolyn, you got Metis, the goddess of wisdom. She's a beauty. Card number 35, which is an eight, which is about power, which is about love in the reflection. And she was upside down. So when a card is upside down in this particular deck, it is an, a, an uh, alignment message that you need. So uh, as opposed to up straight up and down, it's an empowerment message. So let's see what would help you to align more fully. So it says the goddess Metis learned a painful lesson long ago and does not want you to go through the same experience. She chose to make herself small dim her life force and her inner light and reduce her power to keep love. Who or what in your life is causing you to do the same? 
Do you dim yourself out of fear of reprisal or because you have a sense that you are unworthy and unlovable or perhaps too much or too smart? The goddess Metis offers an important alignment task. You must face this fear, this anxiety, or and say a resounding no. Even in the face of the greater story of cultural conditioning, be brave and courageous and ask how you can be part of the solution. Playing small is an excuse to not be accountable for your personal power and to not be effective in the world. You have an abundance of life force energy in you, so come out of the shadows and let yourself shine. Take the risk and bring your wisdom to the world. We need you. We need you. The goddess made us. She's really very pretty. All that hair and all that light. She's got a bunch of stuff there going on in her head. Hmm. The crescent moon above her. Representation of the divine feminine in her power. Love it. All right. That's for you. All right, next was Debbie Tibbetts, two meal. Um, Gwendolyn has changed her mind and she wants a wisdom card. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see that one. Um, so a wisdom card or the card from, I, I don't know, sweetie. Did that one hit home? Let, let me know. If that one didn't hit home, if Metis did not hit home, then I'm happy to do another card for you. But I kind of have a feeling she might have hit home. That, that might have been a really good card for you. We'll see. Uh, all right. And then Amanda, who was next? There was Debbie. Debbie, Debbie, I am going to think wisdom card for you. And Michelle Good would like a card and Amanda J. Okay, so we'll get to those here in just a moment. Debbie Tibbetts, to me all. Let's see. Wisdom of the Oracle. Here and now, number 32, which is a five, and the little signposts, one, how appropriate for this weekend, uh, one says past and the other one says future, right? Past and future, here and now. Let's see what that card means for you, Debbie. And 32. The essential meaning of the card, and by the way, she was right side up. Uh, that she means being fully present in the moment, living one day at a time. And here's the message. Everything happens in the now, in the present. Only this moment counts. You have what it takes to handle anything today if you let go of the need to look into the future or reflect on the past. Be present and notice what is going on right now. This very moment has the potential for you to create miracles in your life. I'm going to read the relationship message here too, just in case it relates to relations. It's easy to yearn for a love affair or friendship you may not have right now. One that is more romantic, more fun, more reliable, more passionate. The good old days are gone and a new day has dawned. Let your heart trust that you have everything you need right now, whether you have the relationship you desire or not. Tomorrow is beyond your reach. Yesterday cannot return. Uh, the now is all that is available to you. So stay present and aware and in this moment, as you cherish and approve of your beautiful self, you are a magnet for love. Spirit is madly in love with you right now. Did you know that? Turn to spirit to feel the joy of love in the here and the now. Love it. 
Okay, and I hear my husband's clock going off in the other room, so it must be up on the hour. Amanda J would love a gatekeeper's card. I think you mean wisdom keeper's card, and Michelle would like a card of my choice. So Amanda J, let's get you a wisdom keeper's card. Get these cards out of my way. These cards are just big enough that I cannot shuffle them the way that I shuffle other cards very effectively. But this one just sort of popped out at me. Revolution, card 49 or gate 49 or gene keys 49. The energy of which is revolution. Look at, isn't she beautiful? Hmm. So 49, let's see what the wisdom story is for you. And again, keeping in mind, if you're not necessarily getting a reading, all these cards may, may hold, you know, keys for you as well. Uh, okay, it says, as long as you see your own people as good and others as evil, you remain a prisoner of the 49th shadow. The 49th shadow is reaction, and the gift is revolution, and the Sidhi, the highest uh, energy, is rebirth. And here's her wisdom story. I was born a passionate, sensitive idealist. Though my family was relatively liberal, my parents were not passionate people. They'd ignore anything for the sake of harmony, which brought out the hypocrisy detector in me. My mother identified as a feminist, but she still made herself small, and my father let her. My parents considered themselves open-minded, but I saw the look on their faces when I brought home romantic partners of a different race, ethnicity, or gender than expected. Our neighborhood prided itself on its progressive politics, but it also subtly discouraged certain people from moving in, rationalized wars and dehumanized others. It was the inertness and denial that angered me most. Beneath the anger was hurt. How could they not see what I saw or feel what I felt? When I confronted my parents and they refused to own their own biases, we'd have huge fights. I went off to college. My mind spun and my heart broke as I learned about the plight of so many oppressed peoples. I seethed when I witnessed any kind of systemic marginalization or institutional oppression. For years, I hung out only with like-minded activists and judged my parents and most people for not getting it. The more staunchly I fought for peace, the more my personal life was rife with conflict. If I detected a drop of racist blood in my romantic partners, I'd drop them. It wasn't until my best friend divorced me, calling me the most reactionary person she'd ever met, that I woke up. Losing her was so devastating, but also a gift. All this time, as I divided up the world into good and ignorant and rejected people left and right, I was desperately trying to avoid being rejected. My fear of rejection had caused me to shut out so many people just because their worldview was different than mine. It took time to move through the layers of humiliation, guilt, and regret. Only when I was able to forgive myself could I begin to repair my personal relationships. Finally, I understood in my heart just how deep our human tendency is to split the world into black and white, us and them. This realization released a creativity in me I never knew was there. Now, instead of rejecting the old world, I channel all of my love and energy into envisioning and co-creating a new one. My approach to the peace movement has become delightfully peaceful. My gift to you, welcome to the peaceful revolution. If you long to bring harmony to your community, begin by being patient, gentle, and compassionate with yourself. 
Give your feelings time, space, and plenty of creative outlets, but do not judge them. For when you do, you create an internal pressure that intensifies the feeling and the impulse to act them out. Rejecting yourself only makes it more difficult to see objectively, to soften the heart, understand the, uh, and see possibilities for resolution. If you must rebel, then rebel against your inner impulse to attack anyone. When you resist the urge to react based on your emotions or to be violent towards yourself, you are doing your part to end violence in the world. Be revolutionary, not reactionary. And here are questions for contemplation. Do you prioritize harmony over aliveness, depth, and honesty? Do you often push people away before they become too close? Do you reject people before they have the chance to reject you? The next time you feel emotionally triggered and are tempted to react, lash out or reject someone, ask yourself, am I feeling rejected? Am I afraid of being rejected? <laughs> what is the most loving revolutionary act you can do today? That's an awesome card, again, for all of us. Uh, okay, and Michelle, not forgetting you, let's see, I'm going to give you a dragon, a dragon. Let's do it. They're not open, so wait one second. All right, Michelle. Dragons represent, wow, did you guys see that? Jumped. Blue dragon from the Pleiades prepares you to accept source healing. Accept a heart activation, give and receive heart healing. Look at that, isn't that beautiful? The blue dragon from the Pleiades. Okay, and then ooh, coupled with it, the source dragon, you've got two dragons. The source dragon says, attunes you to the infinite, be still in the silence, magic can happen, be in the moment. So you got a twofer, Michelle. Blue dragon from the Pleiades, let's do that one first. Since it's the one that I saw, I didn't realize you had a second one there. Uh, Blue dragon from the Pleiades, page 86, and here we go, ready? The Pleiades is the star cluster of healing. Between Source and the Pleiades, there is a blue etheric rose. It has 33 petals, for 33 is the vibration of the Christ light. This rose is a transformer through which pure Source healing is downloaded to the masters of the Pleiades. They pass it at an appropriate frequency to the angels and dragons who in turn shower it onto those humans who are ready. The incredible seventh dimensional blue dragons from the Pleiades hold the rose in their hearts and radiate source healing. They whirl around us, pouring the blue heart healing into, uh, into us as soon as they see we are ready. They activate and light up a high frequency blue rose in each of our 12 chakras, preparing our energy fields for the angels of the Pleiades to connect with us. Even then, they will remain with us so that we can easily hold the vibration of the blue rose and pass it on to others. Here's your guidance, Michelle, from this dragon anyway. A blue dragon from the Pleiades has come to you today to offer you healing by lighting up a blue rose in each of your chakras. Relax, invite it to touch you and accept any energy it brings you. Alternatively, it may have sought you to suggest you give a beautiful blue Pleiadian healing under the law of grace to others. If you wish to do this, tell it that you are ready and it will activate a huge energetic blue rose in your heart so you can direct source healing to a person or situation. Now, 
you also received the source dragon. So these are these are not like well, none of the dragons are pretty lanky, but this is a major one. This is a ninth dimensional dragon. Page 110. Okay, be still in the silence. Magic can happen. Be in the moment. In the center of all the dimensions, galaxies, and university, universes, not universities, is an infinite, is it, I'm going to start that one over. In the center of all the dimensions, galaxies, and universes is an infinite point of pure stillness and love. This is the heart of source, and from it flows the most incredible illumination. As the wishes of source flow forth, the illumined angels known as the seraphim sing OM the vibration of master creation at a 12th dimensional frequency. Whew. This allows the will of the creator to spread as seed thoughts into the universe. Ninth dimensional transparent white source dragons exist purely to attend to the divine will and turn wishes into reality. They step down the light to a ninth dimensional level so that we can access it. They act as portals of light through which we can connect with the energies of the infinite. Here's your guidance with this card, Michelle. A source dragon has come to you now because it is time for you to enjoy a period of stillness with awareness. Breathe deeply and listen to the silence. Something very sacred is coming into your life. This could be anything from the fruition of a long-held dream to becoming a true master. It is being presented to you now. Be diligent, calm, and focused, and remember to breathe deeply. Breath is the key to being in the moment. And this is where the greatest magic happens. Ask the source dragon to accompany you on every step of your exciting new journey. And always remember that the present moment creates your future. There they are. The blue dragon from the Pleiades and the source dragon. All right, guys, that was a very powerful ending indeed. Remember, because we are all here listening together, even if you're listening to this later, these cards also hold magic for you. So take them all in, invite them to show you their true meaning. I also invite you to claim your own authority this weekend, be in your own true self, have a wonderful three-day weekend here in the U.S. And if you're celebrating something around the, the world, take care, have fun, be blessed. See you on Wednesday next week. Bye.